Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Eve's Bayou? I am, because after all, we, we are, are the watchers, watchers of movies. How's it going? <laughs> it's going. It's yeah. going okay. Um, just, you know, today I lay down and I was like, I'm going to have a 35 minute nap. And then I woke up two and a half hours later. (laughs) (laughs) I have that happen often. (laughs) I set my alarm and everything. And I was like, I'm just going to set it for later. (laughs) I like wake up and then I'm like, yep, I do the same thing. I do the the exact same thing. Yeah, it's just, yeah, because I'm like lying on my couch and I'm warm and I'm comfy. I have my blankets there, you know, the one that you gave me and then my other quilt and and I'm had my pillow and I was just like this is just it's like yeah heaven. And there's like a storm outside yeah so. I mean I'm laying on my sheepskin rug you know it's, it's just very comfy you know it's, it's hard to uh justify getting up and yeah. especially when it's like cold outside and you're warm under your blankets you're like but what mm-hmm. but I might die of hypothermia <laughs> mm-hmm. I think George Michael made a song about that about dying of hypothermia no about it being cold outside and warm and oh. that <laughs> Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 wake me up before you go-go. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I got you. I said okay many times there. It was impressive. Um, yeah, so everything's good. How are you doing? I'm all right. You all right? Yeah, it feels weird to record. We're recording so early. Yeah. Because yeah. of the slushy wintry mix outside yeah i started i started watching you the fourth season oh cool yeah is Um, it good well i guess if you're four seasons in you must like it i mean yeah (laughs) yes i think that they're separating in two parts though because i finished like four episodes and then i was like okay that ended like and it was like a non-ending so they must be separating it into like two separate parts or something mm. because it, it didn't fe- it didn't feel like it was over and the seasons are usually like 10 episodes long, you know. Um, then I started watching The Watcher after. It's with Naomi Watts and uh, Bobby Cannavale. Oh, yeah. About yeah. that house. Yeah. Or it's, that neighborhood. So it's a true story, but it's uh, <laughs> this one is like inspired by it. So it's directed by Ryan Murphy, which of course I ended it and I was like. Oh, Ryan Murphy directs it. If I had known this, I wouldn't have gone in. So then I naturally watched about three more episodes. <laughs> um, you got to really give it the old college try if you're going to, you, you know, rant about it. Ryan Murphy, the college try yeah. so many times. But um, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting story. I mean, the whole the whole story is actually really interesting, and they like never caught the person who was sending these letters because it was. Because I don't know, are you familiar with the story? Uh, when the show came out, I was like caught up in a few like uh, clickbaity headlines mm-hmm. of news stories, so I sort of know the story, but. It's I'm mean, nothing happens, right? It's just no, letters. Like yeah, it's so it's just this family, they move into this gorgeous old house and this like and it's been there for like a hundred years or something, so it's you know. Um and someone keeps sending them letters that are like, I'm the watcher of this house and my father was the watcher before me. And then they're like, you have these young, these these children, their young blood that you're bringing to. It's like really weird stuff. And so, of course, oh. this family is starting to feel really paranoid and, and like anxious and they can't sleep. And like, I can't imagine. That'd be scary. Well, and yeah. And it's like they're it's it, so 
in the show, they had like been bankrupt previously, so there was like money issues. But this house was like their dream house, so they were like, "Oh, we're moving in our dream house. It's this big old gorgeous uh, piece of land. Like it's, I mean, it's it's beautiful. You know, like I get it. I would move there too. <laughs> like it was it was huge. It was gorgeous, and." Then they're just getting these letters, but nothing's happening. They're contacting the police, and the police are like, well, there's not really anything we can do. And so, and, um, uh, what's his name? I think his, his character's name in Happy Gilmore, Shooter McGavin. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yeah, so he's in that. And I was like, oh, hey, it's the guy from Happy Gilmore. It was okay. I mean, I don't think I finished it. I say I don't think I finished it because I was like kind of half paying attention by the end because it was like definitely background noise. But um, so you had every episode on. Oh yeah, I watched like four okay. of them. I watched four of them. There's at least. four episodes. I think there's like ten. So you didn't finish it. I did not finish it because you just said I don't think I finished it. Yes. So it sounds like definitively. I do not think I finished it. No, you didn't finish it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so semantics. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know if I will. I don't yeah. I, like I don't it's I'm it's interesting, but I don't think it's like pulling me in enough to be like, oh yeah, without a doubt I'm super attached to these characters, you know, and it's it's kinda like how I feel about like most Ryan Murphy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um But I do have to say that Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale have extraordinarily great chemistry. And oh. I was like like and I like that too because um, I mean, we've talked before about couples that they cast together, and you're like, have these people ever even like been in a room together before? And they have to act like they're like been married, you know, like Ethan Hawke and his wife in um in Training Day. We were like, okay, you guys clearly just met, and you now you have to be like, mm, I love you. <laughs> I've been married for twenty years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So, well, yeah. not twenty, but you get it. Yeah. Um. So with this. Like the moments that they shared, you were like, these people are in love. Like you can tell that these like. So I have to say that that's yeah. cool. Yeah, they're she's a good actress. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty good too. Actually, I see. I've seen him in a lot of like goofy roles, and then I started. Uh, he was actually a Nurse Jackie, and that was kind of the first thing I ever saw him in, where he was a, like a serious character. And I was like, okay, all right, you have my attention, Bobby Cannavale. You have my attention now. <laughs> you know, nice. So, and cool. ever since then, he's just been impressing me. So it's like, what up? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to cast him in something. No. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he would... I feel like he... He gives off a lot of, like, um, cop vibes Big to me. Time. Yeah. Oh, to you? To, I, think, I feel like... <laughs> to he, everyone? Like, all of his roles yeah. are... Yeah. Well, the first so the first movie I ever saw him in was um, Shall We Dance with Richard Gere and uh, Jennifer Lopez. And his character was really, really goofy in that. I think Stanley Tucci is in that, too. And... And I just couldn't kind of like take him seriously after that because everything else I saw him in, he was very goofy. But then I started again watching him in these like more serious roles. So I was like, all right, I guess this guy is more talented than I thought. And I like that. You that's know? cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. So that's me. Honey. Mike and I watched a movie recently called Berlin Syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. Oh, with um the guy. Oh, yeah. Um, Teresa Palmer's in it, right? And I can't remember his name. Max. Is it Max something? I didn't look him up. So he's a, I, don't know. I know he's a German actor. He was on the, that show uh, Sense8. Oh, okay. he, he played Wolfgang. And I remember because I really, really liked Wolfgang. And also he was super cute. Um, and I remember thinking I wanted to see that. So mm-hmm. tell yeah, me. Is it, it was good? good. It was, it was, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's intense. Um, I think it's... I liked it. Uh, I would recommend it. I think it's... Um, 
it's pretty true to the style, like the the type of movie it is. But it also, I thought, because uh, it's like a creepy movie, right? Yeah, it's about a guy who basically keeps a woman imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that they they took an uh, like a a familiar genre and they did some unique things with it. So mm-hmm. I thought it was. I th- I think it's it's worth checking out. Um, yeah. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. I I'm, guess I'm gonna <laughs> hold on. I want to look at him up now because now I, um, <laughs> yeah, that show, the show Sense Eight was like huge, and I know you talked about it all the time when we first met, <laughs> and I never finished it. <laughs> and you were like Sense Eight, like Sense. What's his name? Max Remelt. Remelt. And I'm not kidding. Every time you talked about it, I would think to myself that title is such nonsense i hate the title so much because it, it just sounds like it sounds like gibberish when you just say if you it. don't yeah if you don't and, know what uh, it means it doesn't make it doesn't and make sense so it yeah. always like internally i was always like what a terrible title for something <laughs> like knock it. on the cabin yeah Why anyway there a door? <laughs> but yeah so um it, it's on netflix and and i think if people like thrillers uh i would i would definitely check it out um, I might check it out then. Yeah. yeah. Cuz it's something I I remember seeing something about it and being like, "Oh, I like Teresa Palmer and I like him." And then being like, and then I kind of just forgot about it and then so you mentioned it and interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely check it out then. Yeah. Yeah, Mike had put a, a few movies on his Netflix list. So we kind of worked our way through them and we watched a movie called The House, which was like four vignettes that are like stop motion animation. Oh, okay. And that one was um a little bit unsettling really it, it kind of like i want to look it up yeah, it's not bad i think it's okay it's just it's it's weirdly unsettling in a way that i like some of the time i was like i don't think i like this so yeah i, I wouldn't you say said like, the house yeah there's a difference between it not being bad and me not necessarily liking it i think it's well made and i appreciated it for some things but it was it was unsettling and i needed like a palate cleanse when it was over uh so I guess, uh, I don't know if I would recommend it, but it is, like, unique and kind of interesting in, in its uniqueness. But right. It's, I, I think I'd watch Berlin Syndrome way before I ever checked out the house. And we also watched Emily the Criminal, which was really, really good. Two Emily thumbs up. Criminal. That's with Aubrey Plaza. Okay. Really okay. good. I recommend Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. She's and that's awesome. Netflix too. That's on Netflix as well, and uh, she's just pretty awesome. I think she is pretty great. Yeah, and the movie is very. I think it's, like how Kristen it's a Stewart should have totally story. ended up with her character in Big Happiest time. Season. <laughs> I agree. I agree. There's a lot yeah. of people like I. I've. Um, I came across something that was talking about that movie, and they're like, "Why didn't Aubrey Plaza end up with Kristen Stewart?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Instead, she ended up with trash Mackenzie Davis character. And also, like, <laughs> like I, um, I was thinking the other day, really weirdly timed. The other day, I was thinking about how awful it was that the family ruined the younger sister's painting that was so gorgeous. Oh my god, dude! I've been and that has been going just, through my mind. Like, like <laughs> I think that there's like property damage for comedy. It has to be done so perfectly. And yeah. this movie just got so many things wrong that I think that was just like the final straw. Right. And 
and also like what kind of family are you rooting for that treats one of their children like a pariah i'm talking about the youngest sister who oh, they yeah, like yeah, banished to sure. the basement and everything right and you're supposed to think they're horrible because they won't accept gay people but i think they're horrible because they make all their just, children feel like outcasts. oh and, well yeah like and i mean i know that we're rehashing something yeah. that we rehashed like or we talked about like a year plus ago but um yeah no that um that particular scene has been like living rent free in my mind for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's because i i I paint and i know how long it takes to paint something that even just a small thing and then you have a giant huge canvas and it's like and you're right like property damage it's one thing if property damage is like someone breaking a wall it's a whole other thing when they're destroying something that someone put their heart and soul into for hours and hours and then they're just like oh well it's just a painting but it's not just a painting oh Mm -hmm. my god yeah Yeah. i was about to like i was about to come in there and just be like i'm gonna burn all you up in this big ass house because fuck you guys <laughs> yeah yeah because i feel very murdery a lot so but emily my the bark criminal. is a lot worse than my bright <laughs> emily the criminal and berlin mm-hmm. syndrome two very good movies i'd recommend on on netflix cool yeah i will definitely check out i want to check out berlin syndrome especially like now that i have like a thumbs up you know yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. i was always curious about that one yeah uh all right, so are you ready to talk about the movie? Yes. Oh my gosh, is that all the notes you have? Look at the notes I have. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I pretty much wrote the entire movie by the end. I was like, oh, my hand is so cramped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so Eve's Bayou. So I'll just start with a little synopsis. So um, Eve is a young woman, or young girl, who... Um, in the beginning she says that she killed her father and so we're watching the lead up to said father's murder uh, by her supposedly um and we're just basically seeing this family um and this guy who cannot stop cheating on his wife he's like a very charming you know doctor and everyone likes him and stuff like that so um i don't know if he's a charming doctor or just maybe the only or the only male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right besides maddie's <laughs> husband right um so what do you think of the movie um well <laughs> i didn't like it i don't even know like what's the point of the movie i struggled so hard to find a point okay in the movie uh almost the whole time i was like what's the point of this movie what is this movie about why do I care about this movie? Why was this movie made? What is the the story? None of this matters. This is weird. Him and his daughter are in a relationship. Oh, his daughter wants to be in a relationship with him. What is this movie? This movie has no point. I didn't like it. (laughs) Almost like immediately. I I guess like the party, like the party scene, the first initial party scene. Yeah, that was fun. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I thought it was so cute. They're like, and two kisses and all the chocolate you want. Yeah, I was like, like that was so it's cute. normal, normal, Dirty normal. It is normal. so adorable. <laughs> and then, and then she falls asleep in the carriage house and sees her dad having sex with another woman, and it all goes downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding when I say I really don't know the point. I like this movie seems like a waste of film. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I liked feel? it. <laughs> I thought you might like it 
because I hated it so much, I thought there's a good chance Lauren <laughs> will like this movie. Uh, it's so funny. And I don't mean that. I, I'm, I, I, I don't know any other way to say it. No, I'm okay. not offended. I don't, we have very different movie tastes. I mean, you know. Um, yeah. I think it's funny that you hated it almost immediately because almost immediately I was like, I like this. I'm on board. And I was on board for the rest of the film until the end. What like, was, I, Why do you like it so much? What was... Well, so I kind of have... First of all, I thought it was really interesting that we chose Hidden Figures and this movie because this movie takes place in 1962 and Hidden Figures took place in 1961. Yeah. So I was like, this is the same exact time. These people are... And I, I know that they're not... We're not supposed to be comparing them, but it was just really interesting interesting because it was like these two people in really just like these totally different worlds you know like they're living in Louisiana right it was like yeah because they're, they're near New Orleans um, and versus you know uh, these other people that are living in Maryland and they're fighting against racism but the whole movie was really like uh, just about this this black family and there was I don't even think there was like a single white person in that movie mm-hmm. so it was it was more just about you know this kid growing up and, and seeing her father um, having these relationships with these women and I thought it was actually a really compelling movie especially with the relationship between him and Cicely and I have like a whole like a whole big paragraph that I wrote at the end about it um, so <laughs> that I I think that um, I don't I really liked it I loved that it t- took place in like the bayou in like New Orleans and I am always I always am obsessed with movies that take place around like the swampy marshy area of like Louisiana I'm always just like there's something about it that I'm so drawn to and I don't know what it is I think it's like I think it's probably the history and that there's a lot of like there's like magic associated with it to me like Louisiana kind of has this almost like mystical magical energy and so I'm always very drawn to movies like this Um, and I like that it was about a little girl like and, and you were seeing this little girl's experience through her eyes. And I do kind of agree with you that there wasn't, like, a huge point to the movie. Now that you pointed that out, I'm like, oh, I guess there really wasn't. <laughs> like, I, But I did. It felt very 90s. Like, I've, yeah. seen, uh, like, I've seen at least a handful of movies with the exact same, like, what's the point? Right. What's right. the point? And it's very, it had a very 90s feel. Like, if you showed, showed it to me and I didn't know who all the actors were, like I was an alien, well, I'd have to know about the 90s, but if I just didn't know, (laughs) if I didn't know any of the actors at all, like, Mm -hmm. and you said, what time period was this movie created? I would be like, 90s, no question. Mm -hmm. It's a very... Yeah, it's got definitely 90s vibes, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, like, I think it was like 90s directors trying to be artistic, but just instead of being artistic they just like meander and they call that artistic i don't know yeah i'm kind of like now i kind of want to like look up what the point of the movie was just in case someone else has some sort of well you didn't if you didn't know insight (laughs) um okay so according to the criterion.com Narratively, Eve's Bayou addresses particularly thorny if universal themes, marital infidelity, Oedipal attachments, the status of memory, especially that of a child, and the specter of incest among them. I don't know. I, 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 
I can see where you're coming from, like that, that why you feel the way that you feel about that movie. But I, I really liked it. I liked it right away, and I was so from like the moment that Cicely was introduced, I was like, something with her and the dad is going to end up in his death. I knew like immediately. Like I was like, mm. really, mm-hmm. right oh. away. Uh, it was the way that they were dancing together, oh. and. Uh, Eve was looking at them very jealously and she even says later she's like why do you always dance with Cicely but you never dance with me you know and I think that there seemed to be some sort of like um I don't know I mean I think that the whole Oedipal aspect is like spot on with this although it's technically Electra because that's the female version of it but <clears throat> So the Electra complex with this young woman, you know, I mean, so because really like, yeah, it's called Eve's Bayou, but I think it's really more about Sicily than anything else, you know, and her like complicated relationship with her father because she like so so Eve falls asleep in the carriage room is that what that was called right so that because they're in this like huge like gorgeous old house and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like, I just love it. I, just, I love I just love it. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, it like, was a. It did look like a cool house. I did like. like I a mean, big you know, house. I love my architecture and everything. So, like, I. Oh my! Speaking of the other day, I was looking at this house and I was, um, and I was like, I was like, oh my god, oh this is so gorgeous. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like looking at this house and I was like, anyone who heard me would be like, what are you doing over there? And I'd be like. I'm looking at. You a should house. see that <laughs> SNL commercial with Dan Le- Dan Levy. Yeah, he talks about Zillow like porn for adults. <laughs> it's like Zillow. That's hilarious. Porn for adults. I mean, like <laughs> porn for like uh, like thirty somethings or something. Right. I'd have to look it up. No, but I it's like it's, it, yeah. a, it's more specific than just adults. And it was like looking at Zillow and they're like making sex noises and. I love it. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it was just this incredible old house. Anyway. Um, I did see the SNL skit with um, Jake from State Farm that was Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. That was a really funny one. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, so, okay. So, anyway. Um, well, to your... I want to, like, expand okay, on what you yeah, said. Okay. So, I think the story is kind of interesting from Eve because it's it's also kind of about middle child syndrome because Eve's talking to her mom and her mom's just kind of like, whatever. And then eve's little brother comes up and her mom like freaks out she's like my lovely baby yeah, i yeah. love my she's baby and so and eve is kind of like okay and then as you already discussed the dad played by samuel l jackson and sicily who played by megan good which mm-hmm. i was kind of surprised by i didn't know she i don't know if i saw her as a child and the things but i um, think she's been around she's yeah. like 40 something now because i was watching some like stupid movie with her it was like a lifetime movie but i couldn't but like she was in an abusive relationship and the her husband started hitting her and i was like nope can't don't want to watch that can i like could not handle it i was like gonna change channel and it was it was too much it was really triggering and i was like Anyway, um, <clears throat> so, so the dad and her are like dancing. But wait, sorry, what I was saying is she's like in her forties, but the girl looks like she's in her twenties. Yeah. Like she looks I didn't, damn when you good. said she was in her forty, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I know. 40s. I was like, damn, girl, Megan, like, what is your? I know what the secret is. It's all that gorgeous melanin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So anyway, um, 
so yeah she's <laughs> eve doesn't really land anywhere and she's jealous of her right. older sister because eve loves her dad mm-hmm. and uh her dad is very gregarious and um so I don't know. I feel like they they should have explored that maybe a little bit more, but instead, it's yeah, like you said, like the story is a lot about Sicily, and yeah. I honestly, true story, I thought it was going to come out that the do- that Sicily and and her dad, uh, Samuel L. Jackson played Louis Louis mm-hmm. Batiste. I swear i would have bet money that they were in a sexual relationship a consensual well not consensual like she's obviously brainwashed because she, yeah you know but like like a weird sexual relationship i thought that was already happening because she like would yell at her mom and call her mom like foolish and and i was like Cecily, you don't you have no idea what you're talking about and yeah and, uh, and then like she would like 13 i think in this wait or up yeah she just yeah. turned 14 i think and she would wait up for her dad and mm-hmm. then her mom like forbade her from from waiting up again and i was like this is some weird family dynamics and i thought for sure that they were just already like having sex and so i was actually a little bit shocked that they weren't and then i was shocked that you know like they seem so horrified about what actually did happen and i was like this has been going on for so long (laughs) yeah like how drunk do you have to be to make out with your daughter you know what i mean like that's not an excuse he knew it was her right 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 so so i jumped ahead a little bit we don't have to no i um so this (laughs) i have to say this actually reminds me a lot of um the relationship between chloe and her dad in the show don't trust the bee in apartment 23 even though the actor that they chose michael landis who is very cute um is like only like 10 years older than her in real life Jeez. <laughs> but their relationship is like really weirdly flirty although you can like it is i think that the i think the writers maybe were like having a laugh with that yeah. because because he is so um he's he's clearly so like not possibly could be her dad's age you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like anyway but they like she hates her mom so her mom's in a wheelchair played by um oh my god who is she and i love her she's on that she was in like two and a half men and speechless and marin something um marin hankel so i love her i think marin hankel's great and so she uh, so chloe like is always on her dad's side no matter what her does even if her dad's in the wrong she's always on her dad's side so to me i don't think i never thought that they were having a relationship like a and i'm talking about cicely and and lewis i never thought they were having a relationship i always thought that it was a young girl who's who's starting to blossom into her own sexuality and it is they're in a place where they are i mean it seems like there's not a lot of other kids around there you know like we never see another child in the other than the siblings and the dead one right in the oh yeah yeah right the kid that got hit yeah um and but to me it was like because like the whole thing about the whole oedipal complex or electro complex is that sigmund freud says that like you fall in love with like if you're a young woman you fall in love with your father and like you look for men that are like your father and i think that this is just a situation where she's isolated away from any other kids so she doesn't have any other like um possible love interests 
And I also think that Cicely is aware that her father is cheating on her mother, but maybe does not want to accept it. Yeah, well, she tells um, she tells Eve Eve that she believed Eve's story from the get-go. She just right, sort right. of lied to both of them to right, lie right. to herself and to cover up her dad's philandering. Right. And so, I mean, I don't know if you want to jump to the end or you want to discuss that last or what, because I have a lot to say about that. So, um, well, I think we should discuss that last. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I did think, but that's like, my thoughts about that. No, that yeah, that's interesting. You're right; they are really insulated. Like they they don't have a lot of other kids, and for part of the movie, they're trapped in the house. Exactly. But I think well, the maybe dad it was is, for like a month too. Yeah, it seemed like it was a like, long time. I think she yeah. said it was about a month. But Lewis is having so much sex with so many women in town. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, like it's it's comical at a point. Like, it is so. He's Although having we, sex with Maddie Moreau. Who's, yeah, I don't know, like just a Everyone loose woman in town. Everyone to like just fucking like hate the, Maddie from the beginning. I think she's kind of has a reputation. I would assume. I think so too. And then, um, and then he's like, so Eve is going around with him while he's doing rounds with other women, and one of the women was like, uh, "I have some, I have some pains. Do you have anything for the pain?" I know. So he he tells Eve, he's like, "Go out and play," and he closes the door. And I was like, "This is disgusting." Yeah. Like, what kind of person is this? So, and then, and you know, know and she's and like, the sister, she's like dressed in like a shift, like you can almost she's like in bed. Yeah, she's like, yeah. she's like, oh, doctor, I have so many pains. So joints you can only assume that, yeah, the pain she's and talking only about your penis can only be fixed by sex. Only a hot beef injection will cure me. And so I think that it's. At a certain point, it's like, why write him as such a, like, disgusting character? Because that's really gross behavior. Yeah. I mean, like, is he using condoms every time? My head says probably not. I would say probably Um, not as well. I would not be surprised if he had other children. I mean, well, if I was his wife, I probably wouldn't want to sleep with him because how many diseases is he bringing home? Oh, yeah, for sure. He probably has other children. And he also, like, every, like, Eve asked him when she saw him having sex with Betty Moreau. She's like, "Do you love Mama?" And he and he just would say like, "Your mom is the most beautiful woman." And I was like, this, "These kids are going to be deranged when they're adults because their yeah. their picture of love is someone who does this and then claims to love, like love his wife and then his sister, um, Roz Mozella 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 Ra- Mozella the, the wife. Yeah, so Mozella is always talking to Eve and she's like me and my brother are just the same way and I was like you both cheat on your your partners and like so and you repeatedly do it it's not like oh I cheated once it's like I repeatedly cheat on my spouse and I'm gonna tell you that this is just a trait that you have to accept like that's those were her her, like her anti-loving wisdom is that this is just a trait in us and you're just going to have to accept it. Not like, yeah, we probably are terrible to our spouses and selfish and we probably should, you know, right. change or come to terms with the fact that we're terrible partners and we need to improve. No, it's just like, well, we're just wild people and you have to get over it. And I was like, what is the point of this? Why am I being, why am I being put in the position of Eve to get a lecture from a woman who's trying to justify this terrible behavior? Right. And she's like, and so I think I'm kind of coming to the like realization that maybe the point of the movie is um, the 
repetition of history or repeating of history. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. Mazel, so she had, what was it, Maynard, and then there was the uh, the other guy that, hold on, I have this written down somewhere. Um, okay, here. So she was with a man named Maynard, and then she started to sleep with a man named Hosea. And, of course, Hosea lit every inch of her body on fire. <laughs> she was, you know, she was all like, that's really into him. Um, and then Hosea comes and, and over and is like, all right, I'm taking you, like, away from here. You're not going to be with Maynard anymore. And all of a sudden, she's like, oh, I fucked up. I actually really want to be with Maynard. And then so Hosea kills Maynard. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe it's like... The movie is kind of saying something along the lines of if we do not recognize this behavior within ourselves and we are doomed to repeat the history that we've already experienced. And with Mazelle, I mean, her life is just like, just like soaked in tragedy. You know, I mean, she so she loses this man that she loves. I mean, again, indirectly responsible for his death, really, just just like how um you know, like Maddie's in res- indirectly responsible for the death of Lewis, right? So she, and then, you know, she loses her brother and she loses the other man that she loved, Harry. And Harry seemed like he was sweet. And I mean, we only see him for like maybe all of 10 minutes and he's drunk half the time, but um, he's a happy drunk and I do like happy drunks. And I yeah. usually feel like happy drunks are probably good people when they're not drunk because um, there's like some like saying that's like sober or like drunk drunk words are sober thoughts or something like that you know yeah um i mean either way alcohol is a hell of a thing it can change calm men into violent ones but anyway so um i i think that maybe that is that's the point i I th- yeah, actually, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I, I thought I had more, no, but that's I guess a good point. Really, yeah. That is an interesting point. <laughs> yeah, um, and I I just I feel like also there was that supernatural element where Moselle can sort of see the future. Yeah, she has like a clairvoyance. And Eve kind of has, has it too. Has it as yeah. well, and that's just kind of like, like. Did you like that or no? I I didn't because I thought that the. I thought the visions were so ridiculous. I would have rather her just said the vision she had. I didn't want to see the visions. The and thing then that I have to say really quick, just about the visions, every time it started out with like the reflection of like the trees on water. And I was like, does she see this every time? Yeah. Like every time she's like, I just have to be aware of where I am. I'm in New Orleans. Okay. All right. Your, your son's dead. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And I feel like, so she has this vision that the, something bad is going to happen to a child. They're going to get hit by a bus. And so the mom, so Moselle has this. So then Eve and Cicely and Poe's mom locks them in the house because mm-hmm. she thinks that one of them is going to die. And then, and then uh, Moselle is out and she sees another little kid get hit by a bus and they are like having the time of their lives they're like we're free we're free free. and i was like this is such a weird 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 movie and i don't mean that in like a creatively weird way i mean like this is a weird yeah that was a very well like and And the grandmother too was like why are you celebrating when a kid has died and they were like no we don't care yeah i know they were like it's not really our kids so we don't really it's not a problem yeah it's such a weird thing and i i think that i think that um they could have gotten the clairvoyance because i liked that the clairvoyance was sort of just accepted yeah but i also 
feel like they could have create more creatively gotten it across because also when everything goes down between Cecily and Lewis at the end of the movie, um, Eve hears two separate stories. She, she hears the story of uh, from Lewis's side and the story from Cecily's side. And she finally goes up to Cecily and she's like, tell me what happened. And they do the, like the palm to palm thing. Mm-hmm. And she sees a vision of, exactly what happened but it's the same thing that we've already like it's like third time well rehash. it's like from his perspective and rather than hers well i mean the flashback like the, the oh thing no right show. that's right she reads the, okay and yeah yeah so yeah, okay, yeah. and so i was like we already know this information like we already right. know all of this i i don't know i just well and the fortune telling seems like kind of like a chekhov's gun type thing and it never really comes to fruition you know like it seems it seems like it's there for a reason, but it doesn't ever really seem to ever get to that point that it, it has to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that yeah, like Moselle is making money uh, with her talents, but she's mm-hmm. also practicing voodoo. But I, yeah, I don't think she was practicing voodoo, though. I think she was doing that. I think when she made that little bag and she said, keep it close to your chest, I think that was like a placebo oh, okay. to me. I think because she says that like she says something to Eve that's along the lines of like, she'll believe it if she wants to. Or it's, it's something like it very like it very much struck me as no, I don't practice voodoo. Oh, okay. that, that's probably but true. That this makes is sense. just something that's going to make her feel better. So, yeah, you know, so sense. she gave that to her. Um Let's see what else. I did you notice that there were two different um uh, um <laughs> God, I'm totally blanking. References to Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. There was the, a lot of Shakespeare. The gray, Raven, gray Raven Gray or whatever. He's played the prince. Oh really? Yeah, did in, he? In, in in Romeo and Juliet, the Leonardo DiCaprio one. Captain Prince. <gasps> oh wow <laughs> yeah. oh wow yeah, i thought he looked familiar and i looked him up and i was like oh that's what i've seen him in and then earlier cicely said quoted like in fear verona whatever like that yeah well and, and I was they like, were of performing at it. that age yeah they were like performing it with eve as juliet mm-hmm. right yeah right. and i'm like of course cicely is at that age where she's obsessed with romeo and juliet because i think every girl goes through that at some point when they're a teenager yeah. they're like i just love romeo and juliet it's the most romantic story in the world and then you grow up and you're like this is bullshit all right seven people don't have to die or however many people died for like you all to just get you know like together it's just like calm down okay it's just Y'all, y'all just met. You're gonna be fine if you don't marry. <laughs> you know what I mean, like Paris seems like a perfectly nice gentleman. Juliet, go and live a life with him, okay? Just don't kill your family or whatever. Just saying. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh... Oh, I did want to say I wrote down because I was like. Because I was really bummed out by the way that this was worded. But so I wrote historical Eve, because what Eve's value is based after is like a, a slave. And then she had married that guy, John Paul Batiste. And she said, like, there was something like out of gratitude, she bore him 16 children. And yeah. I was like, ain't no gratitude I that too. in the world to have 16 children. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah, it kind of uh, seemed like gratitude or rape. Yeah, I was like, is uh, it gratitude or is this guy her slave owner? Like, yeah. what's happening here? Like, Sally Hemming. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, so <clears throat> let's see. Oh, so uh, the woman that plays Roz, I think Lynn Whitfield or whatever, she's on a show or was on a show called Greenleaf. It's with uh, Keith David. And it was about this family that was like a a bunch of preachers living in the South. Oh, okay. Um, 
and this woman comes home after her sister commits suicide and it's like connected with the uncle like they like the uncle may have like raped this the, the sister or whatever it's i really like the show it's a little dramatic over the top but i really like keith david so um i didn't finish it but that's i also never finished angel and i've had all the dvds forever so i don't know it's just the last episode if i don't finish it it never ends right that's true yeah um Oh, I was looking, or I was wondering, is there something I thought that was interesting about Harry, about the actual actor? Uh, where is he? Oh, yeah, so the actor that plays Harry, his name is Branford Marsalis. He's the eldest son in the first family of jazz. Oh, yeah, Wynton Marsalis' brother or son? or I'm, I'm not sure, but I, all I saw was, like, I thought that that was really interesting, and I was like, that's fucking awesome, man. He's a, oh, he was born, actually born in New Orleans. Nolens. Um, yeah, he's a saxophonist. Oh, cool. Oh, that was pretty cool. Let's see. It's okay. Do you think that Eve dreamed of Harry's death? Yeah, it seemed like it. Okay. Yeah, cause she well, like. Well, I don't know if she dreamed. Yeah, I think she did. Cause she like woke up in bed. Right. And she, like, knew that he was dead, and her mom was, like, answering the phone and getting the news. Right, yeah. So we that's kind of what we see, like, in the beginning that um, that she has, like, the, I'm the gift or whatever. I was confused about that because uh, he was not driving, mm-hmm. and Moselle was fine. So right. they implied that he was drunk. Well, he was drunk. They didn't imply. He was definitely drunk. Right. He was not a happy drunk, though. He was trying to start a fight with Lewis, and he was, oh. like, swearing at him and stuff. I guess I'm just remembering those, like, that just really cute when exchange in between party, him and Eve. he was yeah. really happy, but at right. the end, he was he was not happy. Yeah, I guess and everyone so, wants to start a fight with Lewis because, well, I, <laughs> the only person he can't sleep with, not that he might not try, is his sister. <laughs> I mean, he made out with his daughter. So, so anyway, so they drive away. She, so Moselle has the keys and she's driving, and he's in the passenger seat. And the implication is they get in a car accident because right. you hear like the screeching tire noise. But she's totally fine. Yeah, I didn't. This, even, I, can't in, even, I can't even. This accident think of that. killed her husband, and she is one hundred percent healthy. And I'm not sure if the movie was supposed to be like even riding drunk is dangerous. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what happened they never right. revisit that they just basically the story is that everyone moselle has been married to dies in and like a tragic the, way like the, yeah. the witch lady or the witch doctor or whoever that Elzora. person is elzora is like your next husband's gonna die too and and i was like okay but what happened to the last husband because right he was riding drunk and she's totally fine so what's the story here i mean i could it could have been a um someone hit him on the passenger side and the driver's side was fine i guess i guess it's possible but i wish that they would have talked about it a little bit more because it seemed like things in this movie just happened for the sake of happening because once they happened nobody talked about them again like nobody ever talked about the young boy that got hit by it violently hit by it a bus mm-hmm. nobody talked about uh they never talk about her moselle's husband dying right after it happens they never talk about the accident they never they never say anything like that so it just seemed like things just 
sort of happen. Right. Well, not to play devil's advocate, but I'm about to play devil's advocate. So I had mentioned earlier to you. You can just say to play devil's advocate. To play devil's advocate. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Don't feel bad about playing devil's advocate. I never feel bad about playing. (laughs) Never apologize for playing devil's advocate. So um, I had texted you earlier that I had been in a car accident when I was younger and I had totaled my car because of an ice storm because that's what we're going through in Michigan right now. Um, And I had, I mean, my car was destroyed and I walked away with a bruise on my chest and I think I maybe fractured my finger because it doesn't have the same strength as it used to when I was younger and I can't, I don't use it to like open jars and stuff like that. Um, And I I can just tell the difference, you know, but... um, I think and but my car it was done like there's no possible way that it could have been driven but I was completely I was so lucky I was so fine I was on the highway going 70 miles an hour I hit the median like three times I hit a semi it was the scariest fucking thing I've ever experienced in my life it was fucking terrifying it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had Um, that sounds really scary it it was really scary so I think in that case that that is totally possible that someone could have hit the car and she could have just walked away totally fine you know okay i agree with you on that but i don't agree that they never talked about it it is kind of weird that they never i mean i think that's bad writing yeah well yeah (laughs) yeah i don't disagree with you and i I think like that theme though goes through the whole movie like they just ask us to accept things without much discussion at all well and especially like so that's something that bothers me in tv shows too is when someone dies or someone leaves and they like never mention them again like they didn't exist and to me um it's like so this person was a big part of your life for like three seasons you know and then all of a sudden they disappear they die whatever and no one ever brings them up again like they didn't have any impact on your life whatsoever yeah so if Mazelle and Harry, like if they're if she considers him one of the loves of her life, you know, maybe you have many, I don't know. Um, then it seems like she would be suffering and struggling later. You know, like you do see her like in bed and she's depressed and stuff like that, but she seems to perk up pretty quickly. You know, because Eve's like, "Hey, you got to get out of bed. You have you have clients here." Yeah, and she's just like, "All right," and she gets dressed and everything, and and she, you never see her really. Um, mourning over him or crying she shacks you know? up with another guy almost immediately yeah yeah who just shows up at her door because he's looking for his missing wife right and i thought that that if they hadn't included harry or mentioned him in like the past or something like if he had not if we had never actually seen him but we had like heard about her having these tragic pasts then sure i could have been on board with that but I totally see what you mean that it's like it's problematic that they would never mention again and then she immediately hooks up with what was his name like it was something really cool like Julian Raven Gray or yeah, Gray Raven like that. I was like what a cool name um, I didn't like Julian his hair Gray I Raven. really wanted no, him to I get a haircut in my notes, I said where did the wig guy go <laughs> he physically left to find his wife and right. then she says like later in the movie she's like I accepted his proposal for marriage but then like he never came back like they ran out of money to pay him so they couldn't put him in the movie but yeah well, i didn't I like his book either he wasn't there at the end i thought i thought he was, was there he? at the end oh, i think he was. he was yeah i don't well, think he he never left he never went to find his wife no i think he talked about it he's like i want to go find my wife and she's like but i thought we were you know happy here and he's like no i want to find her to divorce her so i could marry you yeah but i don't think he ever left oh yeah okay well yeah Anyway, so yeah, I didn't like his hair either. No, his hair was it was really dumb. Like it, it, it was atrocious. Like, it looked really 
It, I hope it was a wig because it did not look good. It looked like a wig. It looked, it looked fake. like a wig for sure, for sure. Um, okay, let's see. Um, and we also never find out if Moselle. Oh, I guess we kind of do find out that Moselle's. Um, like predictions are true but then we see that one about the woman who her son's in detroit and he's like addicted to drugs or whatever we never see that which might not be important but you are right that there's kind of a lack of follow-through with certain things in this movie um let's see okay so let's talk about let's talk about elzora since we're on there anyway so um Roz and, and Mazelle are out walking around, which, by the way, I love 60s fashion. <laughs> it's yeah, me so, too. Like, their dresses were so cute. Mm-hmm. Roz was so well-dressed. Like, she is Lynn Whitfield. My goodness, what a beautiful, elegant. elegant woman. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, and so, Phil, first of all, I didn't really understand why Elzora had to wear like the um, pancake makeup that looked like she was kind of starting to put on clown makeup but then stopped halfway through like I, yeah, didn't, I, I was don't like, know if why? that's like a voodoo thing or not I right. don't know because she had like a third eye drawn on her forehead and everything right and it seemed like was it meant to just be spooky but then I, I, so, I didn't yeah. like even really get a spooky vibe from her I just well, got no, kind of aggressive vibe from her mm-hmm. yeah because um, half the time I was like does she actually have powers or is she just like a like a snake oil salesman I kind of got the snake oil salesman yeah me too and then bit. I thought like did she even really do that like spell with the hair and the snake or did she just tell because she i thought she was just testing the little girl's motives right and the little girl was like no i love my dad but then happenstance right yeah yeah i i think that it seemed to me like she maybe didn't do any of that and just told Eve that she yeah, did. Just I was to, thinking that to see what Eve's reaction was because mm-hmm. then Eve was like, "No, I don't want my dad to die," and blah blah. Um, but so then she, so then Roz comes up to her while her and Moselle are walking around, and she, um, like Elzora. Got a lot of people with Z names Z. Yeah, <laughs> like names Z in them. Yeah. Um, says that. In three years, Roz will be happy and to look to her children and that sometimes a soldier will fall on his own sword. Um, But she also called Mozella Black Widow um, and that the next man she meets will die just like the others. So that does make me... So we never saw Julian die. Mm -hmm. So are we supposed to assume that Elzora is just like what you said, a snake oil salesman? Yeah, I feel like she's like a classic like tarot card reader or you know like a any sort of like person that has those like globes you know right the orbs that they look into like fortune teller the fortune teller where they <laughs> seem like they're correct i just i thought that was funny yeah <laughs> you're like just the, the orbs, orbs. <laughs> they seem like they're correct but that's just because they're s- highly observant and it right you wouldn't even need to be highly observant like the little child could tell that her dad was a philanderer so oh anyone yeah for in sure town would yeah. know that her that lewis was sleeping around and yeah he probably and was I think gonna Ross fall was pretty aware soul, of it too own sword eventually right maybe not you know she might not have even meant death she just might have meant like everything he's doing is going to come to light and then right you know you could call moselle a black widow as well because even if her husband stay alive she still like doesn't uh honor the 
like vows that she made to them right you know she still sleeps around and kills this like marital trust so nothing she said was like mind-blowing it was all just said in a way to cut them to the core because they know the truth but they don't want to accept it right and she's observant and that's that well and i'm sure that this is it seems like it's a small enough town where everyone knows each other's business so i'm sure elzora is just on top of everything just like everyone else but they did kind of paint her as like a like a swamp witch type you mm-hmm. know um swamp witch uh, i mean i think that's i don't that's I was, my favorite kind of burger <laughs> Swamp Witch. <laughs> um, it, it she reminded me of um, what was it Mama? I can't remember her name. Mama something in um, The Princess and the Frog. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, part of it. In cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's cute. But um, there's there's one song that she sings in it, uh, and Anika Nani Rose that sings in it, and I have it on my playlist. And so whenever she's like, I don't have time for dancing. It's gonna have to wait a while. <laughs> I just love it. Like every time I'm like, yeah. Uh, anyway, I got goosebumps talking about that. I love it. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I I feel like she she reminded me of like the swamp witch and and in princess and the frog basically well the swamp which is like way more joyful and fun and, and you know the kids cartoon but um, I I just really like I, I, Elzora I think was just maybe trying to get a reaction from these women like she really probably didn't she, I would imagine she probably didn't like them um, yeah yeah she kind of reminds me of the classic like spinster type woman that lives on the outskirts of town and nobody really includes her or invites her to things because she lived an abnormal life from the norm of them who are getting married and having children or getting married and settling down and she was kind of probably fringe her whole life yeah and so the only she's like marsh girl from where the crowd had sang yeah and so the but the only way to like you know get one over these people who have everything else is yeah to to tell them they're like or humiliate them yeah essentially Yeah. yeah um I actually, so I found out about this one woman named uh, Catherine, Catherine Monvison. <laughs> She's a French woman in the 1600s. And she was um, a fortune teller, but she was really good at cold, uh, cold reading. So that's how she like read her fortunes. Like she was 1000% a fake. She ends up actually later becoming this person who gives women poison so that they they, these women could kill their husbands and get away from abusive relationships. It's a true story. Wow, yeah. cool. Catherine Monvison. Yeah, so, uh, I guess, uh... Oh, I don't understand why Moselle thought it was necessary to threaten Eve about talking about Moselle, or, um, um, Miss, Mrs. Moreau, Maddie. Um, she was like, if you talk about Mrs. Moreau again, I'll kill you. And I was like, why? Well, because Moselle <laughs> is exactly like Maddie. Yeah, I guess that's true. She's exactly like Maddie, and she Moselle is Maddie. It's just she has a rich family, right? She probably sees herself in Maddie and doesn't like what Eve is saying about Maddie because she's like, "Oh, hey, that's yeah. me." Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, um, let's talk about. Oh, okay. Actually, no. So leading up to the murder, so when Eve, so. Apparently, Eve's allowed to, like, go on in these, like, little, like, the village and get, like, all these foods and stuff like that. She steals a pineapple yeah. at one point. Yeah. Um, which had, like, almost no 
point well, <laughs> the point was that like she's a terrible thief because she's like excuse me yeah. excuse me how much he, is this I'm he didn't even for free he ignored her and then right. she worked to get his attention yeah asked how much the pineapple was and then stole it and i was like she should have been halfway across the town by now if you'd just stolen it he didn't care one way or another if you were standing there like he was yeah it's uh it's like that he's he was so like it wasn't even just like i can't hear you it was so obviously like i see you and i'm not going to acknowledge he's ignoring her oh she could have yeah yeah. there was no point that pineapple just walked away and he would have never noticed yeah the net effect was exactly the same she could have taken it ran seen elzora dropped it you know everything yeah and i think that would have been better too because Uh, it would have been like elzora would have been like you know he didn't see what i saw you did but i saw what you did yeah or or whatever you know like he didn't see what you did but i saw what you did exactly uh but yeah that was just you're right there's no point to that so anyway so he um so she does see mr moreau who kind of creeped me out there was like the way that he was staring at her i was like you're a grown-ass man you're staring weirdly at this child i like, felt like the m- men and the female children in general in this movie had like a weird dynamic yeah overall so i agree with you yeah. yeah it was like anyway so she this little little manipulator plants the seeds of doubt in his mind about maddie and lewis you know like she's mm-hmm. like oh yeah like mm, something i saw and he's like oh i don't know if she's a manipulator or if she's just like trying to tell him like listen this is what's happening she knew what was See, happening to me i thought that the way she said it she went about it in a way that was very manipulative she, you're to right. me okay yeah. you're right it was very manipulative but i yeah but i mean it's not like she was lying to him no and she's also a child so mm-hmm. we have to remember that her her form of manipulation is not meant to be like she's not trying to move she's not trying to get herself promoted because of this manipulation well yeah it's it's not it's not necessarily um what am i trying to say like it's not malevolent i Mm -hmm. guess it's not necessarily malevolent because she's like six or seven so Mm -hmm. she's super young um and but she obviously knows that what is happening between maddie and lewis is not okay and that um that he shouldn't be sleeping with her so she knows that this is like a situation where you know mr moreau's gonna want to know um and so then we i think she's also trying to fix i guess fix the situation right i, I like, think in her I mind get, yeah if he knows what's going on maybe my dad will start coming home right and he won't be sleeping around on my mom all the time yeah and that's what that was the thing that was a recurring um, i think she was more theme. like 10 or 11 yeah yeah i think her brother was probably like seven or eight yeah yeah you're probably yeah you're probably right yeah uh i would say they're probably like like each two years apart maybe for a seven-year-old to act like she did they would have to be a pretty advanced seven-year-old yeah i guess i don't really like know children's ages (laughs) my mom i know that sounds weird but my mom is like super like supernaturally good at it like she when we had the restaurant there would be children that would come in and she would like know their exact age like it was weird she'd be like are you like two and a half and they'd be like i am that's and i'd a be mom, like that's a mom gift i would be that's like what happened oh my god i thought they were like five like i like i legitimately am like children are they look like that when they're two like i don't i don't know i don't know children <laughs> you know what i mean but my mom is like like she just knows 
we're gonna so let's talk about the murder so mr murrow finds maddie and lewis at the bar and of course he's all like all over maddie and like touching her face and stuff like that and he's like stroking her cheeks and he's all like (laughs) charming and whatever and um and eve's like hey dad what's up you gonna come home ever maybe did you know you have a home a wife children do you remember us thanks okay um and we see Mr. Moreau like drunkenly walking up the the train like the train tracks. Seen, which they went back and forth from like showing his silhouette to showing her to showing his silhouette to showing her way for too way much. too long. Yet. And I was like, okay, we get it. And I thought it was something. And I know I know that it it culminates in Lewis's death, but I thought it was like much more sinister than yeah, that. Yeah, me too. And it didn't. And it, I thought it was like a ghost. Of, yeah, like one of Moselle's so. husbands coming back from the dead or something. I thought it was like. First of all, I thought that maybe he was going to get hit by a train. Me too. That was like the first thought. Was I was like, mm-hmm. is this? Are we about to see this guy like get hit by a train? Green tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember that movie, but I saw a long time ago. But I I remember that they ate. No, the inspector ate the guy or something. Yeah, that was pretty epic. They barbecued the. Abuse Abusive yeah. husband. Uh, reminds me of that song Earl or whatever. But oh yeah, the, the chicks. I think they're called the Dixie Chicks. They're, mm-hmm. I think they're called the Chicks now. But um, anyway, so so he and so then Mr. Moreau ends up shooting Lewis, and and he's like, stay or before then he's like, stay away from my wife. And of course, Lewis is like saying all these things that are supposed to calm him and make him feel like better about the situation but the reality of it is is that mr moreau's going you fucked my wife many times stay away from my wife Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like you cannot be hanging out with her anymore like this is not okay and and louis louis is i I kept on calling louis louis is just like well you know whatever i don't really care about what you think and and it ends up with him getting killed yeah so I'm glad that you didn't care, Lewis, because it ends up with your dad. So, <laughs> well, so uh, what's his name? Maddie's husband is like, if you say one more word to her, I'll kill you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And yeah. so they're walking away, and she turns around and gives him like the sexiest smile, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Have a good night, Maddie." And then her husband stays true to his word, and he shoots. He sure does. He shoots Lewis, and this this scene was done really strangely. So there's a train coming, and mm-hmm. it's like the fastest and slowest train in the history of trains, <laughs> because once again the pacing is just ridiculous in the scene. It's like train coming, them standing there, train coming. They're not standing on the tracks. There's absolutely no danger from right, the train. Right. So I don't unless know, it gets derailed somehow. I don't know why the train is in the shot. At all. I have no idea. There's absolutely no point to it. And so when the husband is pulling out the gun and pointing it at Lewis, meanwhile, the train is like pretty much there, but not quite there, but pretty much there. (laughs) Lewis like pushes his daughter, pushes Eve, or like kind of jumps in front and pushes her away from the train. But then the next shot we see is on the other side of the train tracks with the train coming over and you see him falling between the wheels as they're going. Like he's not falling. He's falling on the other side of the tracks. You can only see him as the wheels like pass. Right. And she's yelling, daddy. And I was like, wait a second. Did he push her across the train tracks when the train was almost there? And why did he push her? Like it's. It, I think there, I think it might have crossed the 180 degree line because it, it made no sense. There's no reason for the camera to be there because you're supposed to be watching it happen. You're Eve in this situation. Right, so right. unless he pushed her across the tracks out of danger in front of a moving train, 
from the opposite direction, which doesn't make sense to begin with. Right. Or unless they just wanted an artistic shot for the sake of, once again, like pointlessly trying to be artistic. There's no reason for the shot to be through the train, like the bottom of the train, between the like the track and the train mm-hmm. as you watch him fall. And it, and it, it really bothered me because I, I thought it was so badly done. And I didn't really understand the, the the science or the, like, logistics, I guess, is what I mean to say. I didn't understand the logistics of how he could push her one direction and then the camera view would be from a completely different direction across yeah. train tracks yeah. where a train was coming in. Yeah, it's like the holy motors of scenes, you know, just like, why, why did we do this? Like, what's the point of this are you gonna explain it to me no you're just gonna be all uptight and weird about it like okay it's just <laughs> so over dramatic yeah like, there's a lot of things in this movie that were like ridiculously over dramatic right and, and that was one of them where I, I didn't really get what they were trying to do i don't i don't know either um yeah and there's no reason for the train to be there unless it was like coming and they it was the only time they could film or something but that seems i thought well well, so it takes 20 seconds for the train i I thought that they i thought that like the husband was gonna push lewis in front of the train or something oh yeah that or the husband was gonna fall in front of the train like an accidental death or something i thought the train was gonna be involved but it just it wasn't it was only there for aesthetics which aesthetics are totally fine if you want a train coming through but you cannot do what they did where you're like showing the train showing them showing the train showing them and then showing the train with a totally nonsensical improper angle right uh as to what you established like they you know it's like i was telling you about that movie that i only watched like 20 minutes of that american poltergeist or whatever where they were filming like from behind this woman yes but she was leaning her head against the wall and i was getting so mad that they had that camera angle Mm -hmm. because i was like there's literally no like they shouldn't be because there's no space there to i think that's the 180 degree line i think that's what it's called is that what i've never heard of that cross when oh, you're making movies. and and i think that when it does it it seems really unnatural you right, know right. so yeah, yeah yeah no i yeah um okay so do you want to move on to the end yeah let's do it okay so i okay hold on um so I had wrote down like, do you think that Louis had been sexually or Lewis had been sexually assaulting his daughter before that particular incident, or is it because she started her period? Well, as I said earlier in the movie, I definitely thought they had a sexual relationship, and uh, and then so they set it up really weirdly. So before that, I thought when she uh, scolded her mother and called her mother a fool because of how her mother was was treating her dad who oh, shit. i want to talk about that scene too again yeah uh, go on well so her mother is a woman who's being cheated on and she knows it yeah and everyone in the town knows it so she's being humiliated by everyone but it's all under the surface everyone knows but no one talks about it but you know yeah. everyone knows yeah and so sicily who's an immature 14 year old and in love with her father doesn't compute that her mother is humiliated and trying to salvage like the last vestiges of this life this really opulent they're a very wealthy family in their town and you know she's married to this very charming and gregarious man who's charming to everyone but cheats on her you know and and all of those emotions and trying to raise your children and and um so sicily calls her a fool 
and then Cicely, you find out that Cicely left the house, and then when she comes back, she got a haircut that looked just like her mom's. That's exactly what I wanted to say, that I thought that that was very strange, that her hair looked just like her mom's mm-hmm. hair like it was the curls and everything mm-hmm. yeah it was it was clearly not a coincidence that she looked like her mom yeah. or she was trying to look like her mom you know and and so then there's a scene where she's like sitting up and waiting for her dad and she's like what do you want to drink tonight and i was like oh my gosh are these two gonna be like am i gonna see a scene of them like having sex right and then cicely gets mad because eve comes down and she's like dad you know and and breaks it up right. it breaks up like her waiting up for him and uh so and then the mom slaps cicely for like leaving and disobeying her rules and when cicely in her talk later she's like you can't wait for your father anymore you can't wait up for him i'm waiting up for him tonight right and i like and she got really mad and i was like does the mom is the mom afraid that the dad will act on it does the mom think that they are already having some sort of physical relationship or is she afraid that the dad would actually be that low as to have a physical relationship with right. the daughter that's what i was wondering or is too. she's just trying to prevent the daughter from humiliating herself by taking this love for her father too far that's also what i was wondering yeah i think that there's a lot of um I I kind of like that the ending doesn't have any sort of like real um you don't really truly know what happened between them. I at first I have to so actually I want to know from your I don't want to I don't want to like taint your perspective or whatever. So I want to know what you think really happened. Do you think that Cicely's perspective is more right or Lewis's perspective is more right? That's a good question. I tend to think that Lewis's perspective is more right because I feel like Cicely has proven herself to be slightly untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think, but I, I don't know. Cause I wondered, cause so Cicely is talking about how she, she heard the parents fighting. Mm-hmm. So she went down to comfort the dad and she gives him a really intimate shoulder massage. Right, right. And when you're hearing it, just you, you haven't heard Lewis's perspective yet. So you're just hearing Cicely's. And so then she's like, and then I sat on his lap and I was like, they're going to have sex. I know they're going to have sex. And, and then she kisses him. Mm-hmm. And then they kiss some more. And she's telling Eve, she's like, and then he kept holding me so tight and hugging me and kissing me. And I had to kick him to get him off of me. And then he, he slapped me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so in Cicely's version, they don't have sex. But he kept trying to kiss her. And in my head, I was like, was he trying to kiss her because he thought she was his wife because she had the same haircut? But you don't have to kiss someone for that long before you realize that they're not the person that you think they are. Yeah. And how well, drunk, and his like, eyes were open, too. If you're that drunk, then you're not making conscious decisions. You're blacked right, out. Right, if you're drunk right. enough to mistake your daughter, your 14-year-old daughter for your grown wife. Right, right. And, um, and, and so you're like, this is really weird. What actually happened? And then after Lewis dies, the letter is revealed that he wrote to his sister where he says... 
and this part really bothered me he's like i knew that after cicely heard me fighting with her mom she'd come down to comfort me mm-hmm. so the hands on his shoulders he knew they were cicely's the whole time right because i thought there was some plausible deniability at first that he would think those hands were his wife like coming to apologize to him right, right. until she came around and sat on his lap right but he acted like in the letter he knew the whole time it was her and he's forever justifying it in the letter and he's yeah, like he does he does like, justify it a the lot the first yeah. kiss was so innocent and i was like you don't say that unless you like it's it's yeah, nefarious it was, to begin with it gave me it it like raised the hair of my what is yeah. that hair of my hackles or whatever yeah, yeah i was like ah. and then and then he's like and then she hmm. kissed me again and i realized that my daughter was kissing me like a grown woman so i threw her off and i was like I think it's more of like a Ballad of Jack and Rose situation. I was literally, I've been thinking about this the entire time you've been mentioning that. Yeah, where, well, the thing, the thing is the difference between the Ballad of Jack and Rose is that the entire time you were watching this, this um, relationship develop between this father and daughter is that it always seemed like there was something between them. Yep. To me... Um, so well, are you done? Are you done? Are you have anything else to say? I had one other thing to say, but okay. I, I like where you're going and I think I agree with you, but because I think you're going to bring the period into it. Mm, oh, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. See, I thought that there was like this weird sexual thing happening not as strong oh, well, maybe i as, will anyway go on, go on, go oh, ahead. well i was just gonna say like mm-hmm. i didn't really feel like the period changed his mind at all okay if anything i thought they were already possibly having sex and then i'm struggling like i don't think that anything happened to be on kissing and hugging that night right but i do think um his version of her knowing exactly what she was doing is true more true than her suggesting that he just started kissing and hugging her i think she tried to seduce him yeah so more than him like mistaking the whole time or whatever i think right but i think that he wanted it to happen because i think he never would have initiated in my mind i don't think he would have initiated it because he's an adult male father but i don't think he would have stopped it since she since she initiated it I think at first he didn't want to stop it, but then he sort of came to his senses, maybe. So I think it's I think it's interesting that you say that because I don't. So I never got the impression that they were sleeping together. I always thought it was a young daughter who has seen her father act inappropriately throughout her entire life, has no real idea of what a healthy relationship is. Um, it doesn't seem like her like her father doesn't seem like a very active part of her life. Yeah. And I think that there is a desire, like a subconscious desire to want him to be such a big part of her life that acting inappropriately maybe to her is the only way that she can have him be part of her life. And I think that so like, hold on, let me um, let me just read what I wrote just so I can because it's kind of long. Let's see. Okay, so what I wrote here is that um, obviously something didn't happen and it was inappropriate, but in the mind of a 14-year-old, what happened could have been seen as a rejection, kind of almost Freudian, as I had mentioned Freud before. A girl's first love is her father, and Cicely may have genuinely not understood or known that her action with her father was inappropriate. I think... Lewis's story is probably more realistic and that there was a lot of shame associated, especially, especially, 
especially when you just started your period. So you're blooming into a young woman. I mean, historically, women that have gotten their periods are married off right away and had children. You know what I mean? So, and obviously, this is the 60s, so it's a little different. 1960s, <laughs> just to specify. Um, and I think that just with how isolated Sicily is, there's no, again, we've never seen any other boys her age around. The only other child that we saw died. Um, and he was like Poe's age. So he was a young kid. Um, I just feel like the re, the interaction between them, like, I think that the, I like, I know that there are grown individuals who like kiss their parents on the mouth, which I'm not that person. I hug my parents, but I'm, you know, like, I'm good. We don't, that's a, that's a thing that's between me and my significant other, not, yeah. Um, so to me, like her sitting on his lap and giving him a kiss on the mouth was not sexual. It did not, it does not, it never seemed sexual to me. It seemed like a, a, a daughter who loves her father. I think that there is, she's, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say that she likely has witnessed her father cheating on her mother before, probably multiple times, because he doesn't really seem like he's very um, discreet about it. No, you're right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they're having a party and he's fucking Maddie in the other room, like in the yeah. carriage room, you know, so there's, there's no discretion. Um, Roz could have walked in on them at any point in time. Anyone could have walked in on them. Anyone could have seen them. He clearly does not care about being discreet. So I think that in Cicely's mind, in a mind of a child, because she is a child, that her uh, acting that way towards her father was okay because that's just how he's she's seen him react with other women. And to her, that's how it is. You know, she doesn't know any better. So I don't I don't think that they're I don't think that they had a sexual relationship at all. I, I feel very, very strongly about that. I do not think that they had I that. I agree. I don't think they actually did, but I mm-hmm. thought as I was watching the movie until that point, right. I, was, I was wondering if that was going to be the big reveal. Right, yeah. Well, because I mean, I, as I said, I knew from the beginning, from the moment that they were dancing together, that it was going to be something that had to do with Cicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually really liked the ending of having this kind of like you as the viewer are going like well like was what happened between them something that you know did it really happen what really happened like is this okay is this inappropriate i mean it is clearly inappropriate but i'm saying from the perspective of someone who is 14 years old I just don't think that she viewed it as inappropriate. I think she viewed it as just a way of showing affection to her father. And no one has ever told her otherwise. She's probably never had any sort of sexual education, I'm assuming. Um, It's the 1960s in the South. So I would say that's probably more than likely that she's not. If if she has had any sexual education, it's going to be like totally like, oh, remain abstinent, you know? and I just, I, I think that it's just, it's the mind of a young girl who is just so desperate for her father's attention. And she went about it a way that was not appropriate, but she just didn't understand that, that it wasn't. So those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a good point. Um, I feel, I feel like, I feel like I mostly agree with you, but I do think that I feel like even in her position, she probably would have known that it's inappropriate. 
in a way, but I think yeah. that she had some maybe developmental issues because of the isolation. Right. And because right. I think they were kind of latchkey kids. Right. Because it yeah. seemed like their mom didn't really care what they did until she thought one of them was going to die. And then she went like extreme. Well, yeah, because Eve's which, like off in the village. She's at, yeah. at like Elzora's place in the middle of the night. Like what? What? I'm like, what? Do you know where your children are? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And when she showed up at the bar, the dad wasn't even like, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah. He like, was just like, oh, my daughter's here. So I feel, yeah, like, I feel like any parent would be like, what are you doing in a bar? Yeah. Get out. So, go back home. Go to sleep. Like, it's, yeah. it, you know, whatever. And I think you're right that she probably has never had a sexual, any sexual, sexual education. So I don't think you're wrong. And I agree with you most of the time. The only thing I think is that I feel like she... probably knew that it was inappropriate because otherwise she i don't know like she got her hair cut like her mom's and she like called her mom names and stuff and you know she i just i think that i think that there's just like some weird dynamic going on there oh for sure definitely she did seem like i mean like you know she she knew she knew romeo and juliet so she knew what like romantic love was so i i don't know there's i think that there's probably some court sort of like disorder going on with her but overall yeah i i agree i think that that you make good points yeah i think uh, the isolation is going to be really key and is to as to how her behavior was um and i feel like maybe the reason that she had shown up with hair that looked like her mom was because in her mind emulating an older woman would be the thing that would give her like have her father pay attention to her mm-hmm. you know so she doesn't look like a little girl anymore you know she's like i'm a i'm a woman you know and and uh, again especially if she um is just getting her period so she has all these hormones that are running through her body i mean just like I just remember being 14 and being like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, what is going on with me? Why am I feeling this way? I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm I'm horny. I'm I, like, what is happening? You know what I mean? Like, you're just you're going through all these weird emotions. You don't know how you're feeling. And just psychologically, the the and I, I always try. I always that's actually one of my favorite things about reviewing movies is the psychological aspect of it and discussing that. And I don't know if I ever told you that, but I, I've, you know, I like psychology. I'm going to my, I'm getting my bachelor's in behavioral science. So clearly, you know, but, um, I, I just think that the, the teenage mind is so underdeveloped and there's just so many things happening and so many new experiences. Sorry. It, <laughs> it startled okay. me because I forgot. My meow. <laughs> my meow. Um, and uh, there's just so many new experiences and I just think that she it's just a, an underdeveloped brain you know yeah no I think yeah. you're right I think you're right and the I kitty's coming with Sam I now. Have a kitty on my <laughs> she lap she has a kitty on her yeah. lap he's just he's like yes I'll be your friend <laughs> I will be your lap kitty <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway he's gonna fall off you're gonna fall off okay there we go <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think I think I agree. I think you're right. I think I agree with you. You make good good points. I want him to. I want him to meow. Well, what do you want me to do? He <laughs> doesn't really meow if you're meow, holding. Meow. You got a meow meow kitty face. 
<laughs> anyway. Would you recommend it? Um, I would. <laughs> I already have. <laughs> really? I, yeah, I did like I did like it. Overall, I still think even with this discussion, because sometimes sometimes I'll like something and then we'll discuss and I'll be like, oh man, you make a lot of good points. And then I'll be like, maybe I didn't like that movie as much as I thought I did. Like Knives Out, the first one, that was what happened with that, where I was like, this is great. And then I was like, was it though? <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm assuming that you would not recommend it to anyone. No. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. I really struggled. I I struggled so hard to figure out the point. Um I think it I I don't know. I I think you raised interesting points and very smart, wise points. Thank but you. I just don't I don't know if the movie is um is just that well thought out maybe yeah I think that there are um, there are definitely I think holes in the narrative that could have been uh, covered or done better written yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, so you guys can follow us on Instagram at Watchers and Movies or Facebook at Watchers and Movies if you have a recommendation you can do a couple of things you can either DM us on social media you can also email us at watchersandmovies at gmail.com and you can also visit our website that's watchersandmovies.weebly.com and thank you so much to mike for our theme music yeah you can find him on twitter at the mike show 42 his name is mike myers thank you mike thanks mike and that's it Bye-bye. bye bye